Sorry. Bismillah. Bismillah. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalam ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa mawala. Amma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah. So today, inshallah ta'ala, we are doing hadith number seven of Arba'in al-Nawwi, the 40 hadith, the 40 hadith compilation of Imam al-Nawwi. And the hadith is reported by Tamim al-Dari radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Uh, he said that the Prophet said, Ad-Dinu Nasiha, Ad-Dinu Al-Nasiha, which means that this deen is Nasiha. I'm not going to translate it just yet. I'm pretty sure in Urdu, those who speak Urdu, how would you translate Nasihat? Oh, no? <laughs> so, anyway, usually it's translated as advice, right? Right. So that's, that, there's, there's a reason why it's usually considered advice. Nasiha is usually considered advice, but it's more than that. It's much more comprehensive. So the Prophet says, Ad-Dinun Nasiha, that this, this whole deen is Nasiha, actually. Qulna liman. So we asked, for who? Like, it's Nasiha for who? Uh, and then the Prophet قال, he says, لِلَّهِ وَلِكِتَابِهِ وَلِرَسُولِهِ وَلِأَئِمَّةِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَعَامَّتِهِمْ uh, The Prophet says that for, it's for Allah, for His book, for His messenger, for the leaders of the, of the Muslims, and for the general masses. Now, clearly, if you just take the word nasiha to mean advice, you're not going to be giving advice to Allah or to His book. <laughs> you're not going to give advice to the Qur'an, to the messenger. It doesn't make sense, basically. And so clearly, the, this term nasiha means a lot more than just uh, advice. So let's understand what it means. Well, first and foremost, let me just mention that this hadith, subhanAllah, the fact that it's describing the entirety of the deen means that it's one of the most comprehensive hadith, right? I mean, it's literally saying the whole deen is nasiha. So it's really important that you understand what nasiha is because apparently it's the whole deen. So whatever it is, uh, it's very important. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam. So it's a very, uh, you, or you could say, it's, the deen is not complete without this element of nasiha. It's not fulfilled, it's not, it's not uh, properly executed or implemented without this concept of nasiha. So it's clearly something you have to understand. Um, and then, so, so, so yes, uh, uh, secondly, it's important to mention that, um, subhanAllah, because of this, because you are supposed to be a Muslim or a mu'min or inshallah muhsin at all times, the implication here is what? That a nasiha is a state that you are supposed to be exemplifying at all times. There's never supposed to be a moment in your life where you're not in a state of or exemplifying this nasiha. So again, if it's your entire deen and if it's supposed to be implemented at all times, it's clearly a very important concept. So, uh, uh, well, before I get into that, let me also give a little description of the rawi. Rawi means the narrator. Uh, uh, his name is Tamim ibn Daws al-Dari, anhu. He embraced Islam in the ninth year of Hijrah. Uh, he was a Christian who converted to Islam, and some even say that he was a monk. So Allah knows if he was an actual monk or if he was just very practicing, very religious, very knowledgeable. Allah knows best. But the point is that he was a very, to some extent, a practicing Christian, maybe even to the point of being uh, monk-like or scholarly. Well, Allah knows best. And then he participated in a number of battles. After he embraced Islam, he, he participated in a number of battles with the Prophet ﷺ. He lived in Medina until the death of Uthman anhu, and then he moved to Syria. Uh, he was actually very well known for his lectures. He would give beautiful talks in the masjid. He would pray regularly at night, and he would recite much from the Qur'an. He died in the year 40 uh, Hijrah. And he narrated 18 ahadith from the Prophet ﷺ. There are 18 ahadith that are from him. If you take a look at the entire body of hadith, you find 18 ahadith from him. So he's not necessarily one of the most prolific narrators, but still very important. So Ibn Hajar and Ibn uh, sorry, and Al-Khattabi, they have this uh, narration that says, there is no word in Arabic that is more comprehensive than this term nasiha, or this verb nasaha. 
And we'll see why. It's a very interesting term. So, nasaha yansahu, nashan, fahuwa nasihun. And actually, the mustar can be nashan, or nusuhan, or nasahatan, or nisahatan. So, anyway, there's a lot of different infinitives for this, for this particular verb. It has, I have four definitions. I have four definitions. Uh, number one is what? To be sincere and honest and truthful. For example, if you said, nasahat tawbatuhu. Nasahat tawbatuhu means he was very sincere in his repentance. So the verb nasaha is being used. He was very sincere in his repentance. So the, and, and when you have a, la, a, a lam after it, it means I was very sincere for this person. right? And generally speaking, when you're very sincere towards somebody, what do you do? You give them good advice. So you can clearly see the overlap here. Um, the next one, actually, the next, uh, and, 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 and the idea here, when you want to give it, when you want to be sincere to somebody and give them advice, the idea is that internally you want the best for them and externally you live by that. Sometimes people treat you well, but they internally don't really like you that much. They're just doing it because they have to. And sometimes it's the opposite. I have, I'm such a well-wisher for this person, but I never actually do anything. So this is a combination. When you have nasiha towards somebody, it's that you, uh, internally want the best for them and externally actually live by that as well. The second definition is to clean, purify, or to remove impurities. And this, for example, you can say, nasahal uh, asal, which means what? He purifies the honey. Uh, and so, yes, there's an idea of removing negative elements. The third definition is to unite, join, or mend something that was once scattered, broken, torn, etc. So, for example, if you say, nasahal thob, means that he sewed together and he patched up the uh, thob. The, the shirt. And uh, finally, nasaha uh, sharab means that shariba minhu hatta rawiya, which means that it implies that he drank until his fill. So nasaha uh, sharab implies that the person kept on consuming and taking it in until he was complete and full and satisfied. So from these four perspectives, I'm going to analyze this hadith insha'Allah ta'ala, and hopefully we will gain a deeper appreciation for just how comprehensive this hadith is and how it applies to so many different things. But before I do that, I want to mention that this, uh, uh, this, this root, these root letters, you know, in Arabic, there's always a uh, trilateral, trilateral root. Same thing in Hebrew, you always find uh, three root letters, and from that, it's like a code, and you could plug that code into different patterns, and you get various words from that. So Arabic is really quite mathematical in the way it's designed, it's really quite beautiful. And so the root letters of noon, uh, sad and ha, nasaha, right? These three, three root letters, they occur several times in the Qur'an. Uh, for instance, Allah Ta'ala says, and this is the last time Allah says, O you who believe. Allah says, O you who believe, I think it's somewhere in the range of like 70 times, somewhere around there. The very last time Allah says, O you who have believed, the last call to the believers, Allah says what? Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu tubu ilallahi tawbatan nasuha. What a beautiful finish. What a beautiful close. Allah says, O you who have believed, that tubu ilallah, repent, turn back to Allah and repent to Allah with tawbatan nasuhan, with a sincere and pure repentance. And another way of interpreting it, for example, Ibn Hajar mentions in uh, Fath al-Bari, he says, what does this mean? Make tawbah in such a way that you are mending the ripped relationship that you have with Allah. In other words, your sins, what do they do? They rip up your heart, they rip up your iman, they rip up your relationship with Allah. So tawbatan nasuha doesn't just mean a sincere one, it means a mending or a repairing tawbah. As in the type of tawbah that's going to mend and repair your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh, you have believed, turn back to Allah, repent to Him, a repentance that is nasuh, that is going to mend your situation and fix your relationship with Allah. It's very beautiful when you look at it from these two angles. And one that is nasuh, one that is so sincere, uh, and that's in the uh, ism fa'ul pattern, it's, a, it's, it's, it's hyperbolic. It's very strongly emphasized. Another ayah in which uh, this, this, this uh, root 
uh, these root letters are found is uh, when the Prophet Hud was saying to his people about the Ardhman regime, Ubalihukum Risalati Rabbi he says, I convey to you the messages of my Lord, and I am to you a trustworthy nasih, a nasih and an ameen. I am a, a, a trustworthy advisor. So I am somebody who's giving nasiha, I'm giving advice, and I'm very sincere, I'm trustworthy. Another, and then uh, also in that same surah, in Surah Al-A'raf, Allah Ta'ala mentions what? فَتَوَلَّا عَنْهُمْ This is speaking about Salih alayhi salam. Salih alayhi salam, it mentions what? فَتَوَلَّا عَنْهُمْ وَقَالَ يَا قَوْمِ لَقَدْ أَبْلَغْتُكُمْ رِسَالَةَ رَبِّي وَنَصَّحْتُ لَكُمْ وَلَكِنْ لَا تُحِبُّونَ النَّاصِحِينَ That Salih alayhi salam turned away from his people after he knew that they were going to be destroyed. After it was, it, was the, it was a done deal for them. He turned away from, turned his back on them, and he left that city and he said, What? Oh, my people, I had certainly conveyed to you the message of my Lord, and I advised you, but you don't like advisors. Subhanallah. This is a very powerful ayah. You don't like people that give advice. You don't love people that, 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 are, that are sincere. You don't like people that speak from the heart. You don't like what, why? Because when you tell people what it is, like if you, if you get real with people, it can get ugly, right? It's not like every time you have a serious and real conversation with somebody, it's always going to be flowers and sunshine and happy moments. No. Sometimes you've got to get real with someone and say, listen, man, you're not seeing something that I, I'm seeing. I, as, for, I have a different vantage point, and I can tell that you come off this way, and you're acting like this, and, you're, and you treat people like that, and you're going down a bad road. You know, people that are very honest, they actually have a hard time in life. You know, this is part of, uh, part of the end, uh, signs of the end times, is that those who are the biggest liars will be believed, and those who tell the truth will be uh, uh, denied, and they'll be considered liars. You know, that people, why? Because people run after their desires. And so, I'm going to follow the people that, you know, they tell me what I want to hear. And as for the people that are actually telling the truth, the truth, is, the truth hurts, right? The, the truth is tough, so everybody runs away from it. Another ayah, uh, uh, this is really, really fascinating. This is in Surah At-Tawbah, ayah number 91. Allah Ta'ala says, لَيْسَ عَلَى الْضُعَفَاءِ وَلَا عَلَى الْمَرْضَى وَلَا عَلَى الَّذِينَ لَا يَجِدُونَ مَا يُنْفِقُونَ حَرَجٌ إِذَا نَصَحُوا لِلَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ SubhanAllah, this is talking about uh, warfare and battle. And Allah says what? There is not, there is no blame upon those who are either weak or ill or upon, upon those who do not find any means to spend, as in they, they, they can't afford it, so if you're weak physically, let's say uh, elderly, uh, disabled, whatever, or if you're sick, or if you don't have the financial means to participate and actually help, then, uh, 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 then, then uh, uh, so long as you are, there's no, there's no harm upon them, there's no blame upon them, so long as they are, they, because they are still sincere to Allah and His Messenger. Saying what? That subhanAllah, even when you can't do something, but you sincerely wish you could, let's say for example, for whatever reason, Ramadan comes, you can't fast. But you wish you could. You sincerely wish you could fast that, that year. You, you can't go to Hajj, you can't afford it. But you wish you could. You see all the Hajjaj going, and you wish you could. Uh, Allah Ta'ala is saying, there's no blame upon you. Even when it's something as crucial as fighting fi sabirillah to protect ourselves, to protect the whole, uh, you know, the, the Muslim community, uh, men, women, and children, the whole society, even then, you, there's no blame on you. Why? Because Allah knows deep down in your heart you have that, nasih, you have that sincerity, that nasiha, that deep sincerity that wishes that you could. So subhanAllah, these are a few ways that uh, 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 this, this, this word is used. So subhanAllah, the, the idea here is what? Wanting to obey even in circumstances wherein those duties are beyond one's ability and therefore uh, are no longer an obligation. So even in those circumstances where you can't do the obligation but you want to, subhanAllah, it shows a lot of sincerity. So then the Prophet they ask, to who? Sincerity to who? And then he says to Allah and to his book and to his messenger and to the leaders of the, of the Muslims and to the general masses. So five different categories. So we can look at this, this from the four different angles. Uh, the angle of sincerity, the angle of purity, removing, har- removing some sort of harm, the position of mending, 
right, mending, and the position of taking in as much as you can until you're filled. And by the way, the, the last one, I'm kind of just, you know, you could say, um, uh, trying to, my best to, uh, uh, you know, this, this, it could technically be unapplicable. I'm just trying to see if this, this definition could work. But the, the, the first three are the ones that you normally find. So anyway, Allah, Allah ta'ala alam. So what does it mean that you have nasiha lillah? You have this nasiha lillah. If you're talking about sincerity, the implication is what? I am sincerely believing in him, loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, affirming his names and attributes, obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his commands, and supporting those who love him. That's what it implies to sincerely uh, have nasiha for Allah. But when it comes from the angle of purity, it implies what? That you disbelieve, you remove the hardship, you, uh, the, the, the harmful elements. You disbelieve in false idols. You hate kufr and shirk, uh, whether it be rejection of the truth, whether it be ingratitude or uh, you know, uh, holding partners with Allah. You hate these things. Abstaining from what Allah Ta'ala forbade naturally. You try to purify yourself from whatever He forbade. And you oppose those who hate Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala and His deen. What does it mean to mend? Well, we just talked about that. Tawbat al-Nasuha. By repenting, and asking for forgiveness and turning away from your bad ways, then this is clearly mending with your relationship with Allah. And taking until your fill, what does that imply? Dua. Keep making dua until when? You're never going to get your fill in dunya. Until you pass away and then you are entered into paradise. That's when you've gotten your fill. So you keep making dua. You keep increasing in iman. You keep increasing in love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You keep taking all this in until what? Until finally you, 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 are, you meet your Lord. You return to your Lord. What does it mean with regards to His book? So it says, لِلَّهِ وَلِكِتَابِهِ For his book. What does it mean to have nasiha for his book? Well, if we think of nasiha as sincerity, be sincere to the book of Allah that you read it. You actually say, I believe this is God's word. I read it. I memorize it. I apply it. I convey it to others. That's what it means to be sincere. What does it mean to have nasiha in terms of purific purification? It means what? Defend from distortions. Many people have false ideas about this Qur'an. What should you do? You should try to get to the truth and convey that. Any sort of false interpretations. Also, you should have respect for it, not touch it, let's say for example, when you're in a state of janabah, uh, sexual defi defilement, or touching it even without wudu, at the higher level. And some, some opinions say you can only touch it with wudu. Others say, well, it's preferable. Either way, you should try your best when you are in a state of purity to touch the mushaf. Don't put it down in a dirty place. Don't throw it on the floor. Don't, never disrespect it. These are, this is, these are uh, incredibly huge sins. In fact, it's, a, it's considered an act of kufr and disbelief to throw it and disrespect the Qur'an. Um, what does it mean to mend? What does it mean to have nasiha? To have nasiha that mends with the Qur'an? What does that imply? Well, if you've forgotten certain surahs, if you used to know, if you, you used to be studying, and then you stopped, then subhanAllah, come back to it. Mend your relationship with the Qur'an. Get back on that memorization. Get back on learning Arabic. Why? Come back to it and mend your relationship with this Qur'an. And what does it mean to take your fill? The implication is what? Keep on reading. Keep on learning. Keep on practicing. Keep on conveying it to others until inshallah, you reach Jannah. You see? So subhanAllah, this is what it implies with Allah. It is what it implies with His book. Then with the Messenger. SubhanAllah. What does it mean to have nasiha? To be sincere with the, with the Messenger وسلم, That you are sincerely... Be real. This is, honestly, usually when I, when I give a talk, and I'm, I'm just going briefly, you know, for let's say a younger audience, they say, can you give a shorter talk? I say, adinu nasiha means, you know, this deen is real. Be real. Be real with Allah. Make dua like Allah Ta'ala truly can respond and is listening and cares and loves you. Truly 
be real with the book of Allah. If you say it is the word of Allah, then, then treat it that way. If you say that he is the messenger, then what should you do? You should believe in him. You should obey the, the, the rules and, uh, and, and sunan and apply the sunan of the Prophet ﷺ. You should have love for those who love him and specifically the believers amongst us, but even more so the sahaba, tabi'een, and so on and so forth. And if somebody were to try to malign them or spread a bad, a bad name about the believers, that should bother you. Why? Because these are the ashab Rasulullah ﷺ. What does it mean to purify? Defend from... Uh, any sort of misconceptions. Many people are saying bad things about the Prophet Muhammad Should we get mad and throw things in the streets and burn cars? No. You should give da'wah. You should call to the truth. You should prove how beautiful the life of the Messenger was. This is, this is what it means to have nasiha, to, to, to have nasiha, this, this purification for, for the Messenger And that you speak out against bid'ah. If the Prophet uh, taught our deen and the deen is perfect, Today I have perfected your religion. That means any additions, subtractions, or altercations, or alterations, excuse me, will do what? Will only make it worse. Therefore, anybody who wants to have any sort of perversions, any sort of bid'ah in the deen, what should you do? You should have a certain level of ghira, protective jealousy, that no, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I, I, I don't like that, and therefore I'm going to make sure that I research this issue and then prove that this stuff is false. What does it mean to mend your relationship? Well, what it could mean is read, read his words, read the, 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 have you lost your connection to the Prophet How can you mend that relationship? By reading a hadith, pick up a hadith books. How often do we really, on our phones, on, on various apps, whether it be books in our home, do we open up Bukhari and Muslim and Abu Dawood and Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah and Muslim Imam Ahmed and, 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 and so many hadith books, Sunan al-Nasai. There's so many different hadith books, we should learn about the words of the Prophet Alhamdulillah, we're doing that now, inshallah, we continue to do so. And what does it mean to keep on uh, taking to your fill? Again, the same, same concept of keep learning, keep applying the sunan until inshallah ta'ala you reach uh, Jannah. You get to be at the hawd, be with the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and take and drink from his hands, blessed hands sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he uh, offers to drink from al-kawthar which we talked about just a few days ago. What does it mean? Now this is where things, they, 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 they switch up a little bit more because this is now getting down to, you know, let's say our... Uh, present current circumstances very much in the nitty-gritty if you can if you will our leaders and the masses and the people we deal with on the day-to-day basis so what does it mean to have sincerity for our leaders well this is obviously in reference to good leaders as in when you have an islamic state like a khilafa and then the the leader is actually a good leader who's actually trying to implement the sharia of islam so it's not really that much applicable. Actually, maybe I take it back. We're not, we're not there yet. Inshallah ta'ala, we ask, for, we ask Allah ta'ala to you know, uh, rectify the situation of the ummah, but you get the point. So uh, uh, what is this saying? It is saying that obeying what is right from them and uh, you know, defend them uh, if, let's say, someone is trying to cause fitna, trying to cause dissension, trying to you know, attack and malign our leadership, you want to maintain unity amongst the ummah. Uh, uh, you pray for their guidance. That's another important thing. It's very important to pray and make dua that our leaders are good leaders. Why not? Uh, and also, obviously, if they need uh, a battalion, obviously, to defend, one of, the, one of the most noble things you can do is sign up you know, for the draft, if you will, and say, I'm going to defend and protect, the, protect our uh, you know, country, our state, uh, etc. But at the same time, leaders can imply politically or can imply scholarship. So, Aimmatil Muslimin, the leaders, uh, the Imams, Imam could mean the Imam from a political perspective, or the Imam, the leader from the, uh, uh, what's it called? From the religious perspective. So, we're talking about religious scholarship. So, learn from the scholars. Be sincere towards them by taking the good from them and trying to, and what does it mean to have purity and remove the evil? Well, if they do something wrong, advise them. Advise them kindly. Uh, uh, def- defend them against detractors, as I mentioned earlier. And also, avoid suspicion. Don't try to spread rumors and so on and so forth. 
What does it mean to mend? Well, instead of being uh, critical all the time of leadership, try to say, okay, if I have a critique, why not try to say, try to ask myself, how can I fill that void? If something is missing, instead of just saying, oh, look at what they're doing wrong, say, well, how can I help that situation? Whether it be in our leadership, even in this masjid, or whether it be on a state level, wallahu ta'ala alam. And of course, you keep supporting them until, inshallah, death, and until you uh, reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does it mean for the masses? You want what's best for the people. Internally, and like I said earlier, that you act in accordance with that way externally as well. What does it mean to try to remove the evil? Advise them sincerely. And I have uh, some comments about that more in a moment. And what does it mean to mend the situation? To reconcile between people. Allah Ta'ala, in fact, commands this in Surah Al-Hujarat. Allah Ta'ala says what? Allah says, indeed, the believers are nothing but a brotherhood and a sisterhood. Therefore, what? Therefore, reconcile and rectify the situation between your brothers. So we have to what? To mend the situation. One thing that we can do is when two people are in a fight, you have to figure out how can I fix the situation? Now, yes, I agree. Sometimes getting involved might be make the situation worse. Sometimes getting involved will be just sticking your nose in the situation where it doesn't belong. But you have to be the arbiter and say, is this a situation where I can help? And if the case is yes, then for you to sit on the sidelines, subhanAllah, you're, you're disobeying the command of Allah. You're literally disobeying the command when Allah says, فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَ أَخَوَيْكُمْ Allah is commanding you, get in there, fix the situation. If you can, fix it. And of course, this amending as well is hiding people's faults. Because if somebody does something bad, and you let the people talk about it, and then this is only going to make the situation snowball, you know, make it worse. But when you hide people's faults, then inshallah ta'ala, you encourage them to become better. So we should keep loving the believers and interacting with them and being one big family, inshallah ta'ala, until we reach, we, we reach paradise, bi'ithnillah. Now, a little bit more details on this comment of wa li'a'immatil muslimin, for the leaders of the Muslims. What does this mean? So there are several uh, 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 points that can be made from this. Number one is, when you're speaking to people in power, you should speak with a level of respect. Um, why is this the case? If there are people that are righteous and good, definitely you should respect them. But even if they're evil, and the proof of this is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah uh, Taha, ayah number 44, uh, that Allah Ta'ala commands Musa salam and Harun, when you go to, to Fir'aun, speak to him with gentle speech and perhaps, so that perhaps he may be reminded and fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the idea is what? Somebody who's in a position of power, naturally, shaitan, the easiest thing to do is to get at them in terms of ego. That's the easiest door for shaitan to get at them, right? Now, if you want to say, well, I'm brave and I'm going to speak the truth, so I'm going to be harsh with that person, right? Because I want to be, I want to show how, how tough I am you're actually helping shaitan against them, right? Because shaitan, is, he loves to flare up that ego. And now that they're in a position of authority, and now you're talking to them, it's like, do you know who you are compared to me? You know, you know what position I'm in? You know what I can do with you? I can say, off with his head and you'll be done, right? So why is it that you're talking loud with me, right? So you're actually helping shaitan against them. So instead, try to show the ruler, and wallah this seems to be what is being indicated here, that try your best not to grovel at the feet of or suck up to. Clearly, Musa did nothing, none of that, clearly. But at the same time, he wasn't unnecessarily rude or harsh. He came to speak the truth and speak it clear. He was very professional in his reproach, and only when he, they got hostile, then, of course, what happened, happened. So, furthermore, the Prophet says what? Inna Allah yarda lakum thalathan. Allah Ta'ala is happy and pleased with three things from you people, from, from you uh, believers. Uh, and he dislikes and he hates three things. Uh, 
بحبل الله جميعا وأن تناصحوا وأن تناصحوا من ولاه الله أمركم ويسخط لكم قيل وقال وإضاعة المال وكثرة السؤال So the three things that Allah Ta'ala uh, um, uh, is pleased with is Oh if you want to you switch it So we'll, we'll continue the hadith in just a moment 